You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site, check out all the stuff we have getting you ready for your 2021 fantasy football drafts, whatever league you play in, the format, uh, full PPR, half-point PPR standard leagues, as well as sleepers, bus, and that's what we're going to talk about here on this show. We're going to look at my value picks for 2021. These are the best picks by average draft position. The top draft steals you can find throughout your picks by position. So these are players you want to target in every draft if you can that are going to have a better return on investment based on where they're going in drafts and where the industry, the experts, have ranked them. So We went to Fantasy Pros, looked at the average draft positions there, as well as the expert consensus rankings, to figure out the players that were undervalued, overlooked overall by everyone in some degree. And look, uh, the industry is just very careful about over-ranking players, and drafters are a little different. They're looking at players that they know versus higher upside players uh, in unknown situations. So... That's the thing. There's always guys overlooked, and these are the guys we'll focus on on today's show. So we'll look at uh, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends there. And we'll start with quarterbacks here in a moment. But I do have to remind you, have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft. Don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts, including myself, will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time to at LockedOnNetwork on Twitter. All right, let's uh, answer some of those questions you might have now. Looking at quarterback, we'll start there. Russell Wilson, there's not much there separating Russell Wilson from the top of the fantasy football quarterback rankings, but you look at Wilson... He's right now about going as a QB6 and drafted that way and ranked that way. So you look at who's ahead of him in general. You have, of course, the big three, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray. And then it's a little bit uh, ambiguous after that. You have Aaron Rodgers getting some buzz there, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, among the players on a lesser level, Tom Brady and Justin Herbert, but those are pretty much how we're looking at the top eight. But Russell Wilson, I know there's a bit of uh, feelings that are not positive because of the up and down nature of his seasons, mainly that he has a hot start and leads your fantasy football team to big things early out of the gate, but then when you need him in the second half and the stretch run towards the fantasy playoffs, and then when it comes to the fantasy playoffs, Russell Wilson has been a bit of a letdown. So, He's had that kind of reputation for a few years, but we know about Russell Wilson. He's very durable. We know Dak Prescott has had a big injury coming back from that. Lamar Jackson runs in harm's way. He's got the COVID-19 cloud hanging over him. So you look at that, Russell Wilson could easily jump those guys and be more productive here and crack that top four behind the big three of Mahomes, Allen, and Murray. So 
Wilson can run a little bit more. I think you'll see this diverse passing game happen here with Shane Waldron coming over from the Rams. They'll use more receivers. It just won't be locked into DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They're hoping that Dwayne Eskridge, the rookie, at some point can do some damage here. A little bit interchangeable slot outside guy with Lockett. You also have some other receivers that they like, including Freddie Swain and uh, Penny Hart. They might be making the team. And you have Gerald Everett at tight end. He carries over from the Rams with Waldron. So you have some more options there. I think they'll throw to their backs more. So Chris Carson should be involved there. So I think it'll diversify the offense, make it more creative, be more pass forward versus using the run to set up the downfield pass. I think you'll see the pass become more natural part of this offense and the running game play out of that this year. So what you're looking at with Russell Wilson, again, it's not going to be that stodgy offense we've seen with the First Daryl Bevel, then going to Brian Schottenheimer, both of those guys now working on the Jaguars offensive staff. Waldron, we know what the Rams can do with an elite quarterback and that style of offense. He was a passing game coordinator, so he's going to use all of Wilson's skill set, the mobility and the arm strength and buying time and being able to spread the ball around and not just as a downfield deep thrower here. This offense, Wilson is very good at that, but he wants some short to intermediate stuff to boost his value as well as uh, encouraging him to run when it's uh, called upon here. So Russell Wilson certainly is a guy that could be undervalued and certainly can jump up. At least you know you're going to get a big time return on investment and a guy that's going to be durable at number six at quarterback, but I think you'll get more than that if you invest in him. Matthew Stafford is another quarterback I'm targeting. Now when we were looking at the numbers, Stafford, the way he finished in Detroit in terms of the average points, and Jared Goff, the way he finished in Los Angeles, were very similar, but we know things have changed there. I think Stafford in this offense is a lot more promising than Jared Goff in the Lions offense, and part of it is you have some elite weapons here. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby steps into a key solo tight end role. You also have Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson, so a couple guys that can help Stafford's arm stretch the field. Now, the trick with Stafford here is that he's not going to give you that running ability. It's just not going to happen. He's going to have to do it through his arm. But when healthy, when he has the weapons, Matthew Stafford has been a pretty reliable QB1. Right now he's uh, kind of borderline QB1, QB2. He was actually QB15 despite all the Lions' issues there last year with Kenny Galladay not being there. So no Cam Akers. They're going to have to pass more, I think, than they would like. Daryl Henderson, they're going to trust him in the running game quite a bit, but they're also going to feel comfortable and confident about spreading the ball around and throwing it downfield here with Stafford and that big arm. So boost for Robert Woods, boost for Cooper Cup, boost for Higby here. Those deep threats will also be a part of this offense. So again, Matthew Stafford, I really like being undervalued. I think he's more of a solid QB1 than one that you're hoping for from the QB2 range jumps up there to produce that way. Joe Burrow is the next quarterback, and this is a guy I'm targeting everywhere as well. So these are the quarterbacks I'm looking at mainly. I mean, if you want to go in and invest in a high quarterback, think about Wilson there uh, just inside the top five or six. But these are guys that you can get to around 83, 86 overall in that range here. So you're looking at sixth, seventh round. If you're looking for a starting quarterback, you can find them. Burrow falls into that category for sure, right there with Stafford. He's been ranked as a borderline QB1, QB2. We're not 100% sure about Joe Burrow's health because they're playing it slow. They haven't rushed him back to action here, so we'll see him at some point, but he knows this offense really well now in year two with Zach Taylor, and he also knows Jamar Chase really well. I mean, this is go-to guy from LSU, the rookie first-round pick. They have high expectations for Chase in this offense. 
I have high expectations for Joe Burrow. Now, people are worried about maybe the offensive line, and it's in progress. They're hoping it's a little bit better for him, but how I look at it is not just Jamar Chase in the mix, but keep in mind, CJ Uzuma was a big target for him. You have Drew Sample. He likes throwing to the tight end. He likes throwing to the slot, and Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins is more comfortable as a number two versus an outside number one. So Chase, Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I think the Bengals, even though they invest in their defense a little bit more, added Trey Hendrickson. They've got a revamp secondary and all that. Jesse Bates is a pretty good player. This is still a defense in transition. So I think you'll see some high passing volume from Joe Burrow. I don't trust Joe Mixon in the running game at all here. You could have more receptions there with either Joe Mixon or Chris Evans, the rookie. So Joe Burrow... Has a lot of weapons. They're going to throw a lot. The Bengals team is going to be better than you think. And you're going to have some sneaky high-scoring games, I think, in the AFC North. This is not your black and blue AFC North anymore. All these teams are loaded with firepower in different ways. The Steelers have their three receivers. The Ravens have their dominant running game. And Lamar, you have Baker Mayfield with the big-time running game as well as uh, being able to throw downfield to his receivers. So you're going to have to keep up. There are going to be some higher-scoring games in this division. And Joe Burrow is going to be a big part of it here in 2021. So Stafford and Burrow being undervalued there in that 7th round range, maybe 6th round even okay at quarterback once you round out some of the key positions elsewhere. Baker Mayfield, speaking of, he's going much later. He's going more 10th round and I think Baker Mayfield, I think it's a bit lazy to keep him ranked at QB 17. I mean, there's upside for Baker Mayfield to jump that. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry are healthier. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashard Higgins can step up. you got depth at tight end. They want to use Austin Hooper more in the passing game, along with David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, Kareem Hunts, an elite receiver out of the backfield. You're going to look for more big plays out of Baker Mayfield. So there's still going to be a running team with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and that's the baseline of what they do. Great offensive line, but they need to take shots, stretch the field, be more aggressive, vertical. They're going to trust Baker now that he is a year in this offense fully immersed, the bootlegs, the play action. So keep in mind, Ryan Tannehill is in a similar situation. It's a run-heavy offense, but things open up with the receivers downfield, and we know that Ryan Tannehill has been a QB1. So Baker Mayfield, similar style of quarterback. He's I think he's got a better arm, accuracy, overall talent, but also can move around and make plays as well. So Baker Mayfield criminally being underdrafted here. I think he falls into borderline QB1 category where now he's being rated mainly as the middle of the pack QB2. I don't like that at all with all the weapons, especially with OBJ and Landry fully healthy. They played hurt last year. That's something you have to know. And Again, Stefanski had one level of his offense arrive. He knew the baseline with his offensive line running game was going to do one thing, but to take that next step, catch up to the Bills, Chiefs, they need to open up the passing game. That's what you're going to see from the Browns. All right, our next quarterback we'll talk about is uh, Trey Lance. Now, I'm being careful with Trey Lance. He's not even guaranteed to start here, and I, I think actually he's going to start on the bench here, but he's the type of guy that, much like Justin Herbert last year, just needs an opportunity. Garoppolo is not the most durable quarterback. Garoppolo could have a rough early game. They are playing the Lions early, so I, I think that helps uh, maybe Garoppolo hold his job for a, a week. They play the Eagles in week two, but certainly the competition ramps up by week three, so... They really need to see about Trey Lance. It would be unfortunate if you don't get that Lions game in week one and Garoppolo plays. Garoppolo would be a streamer in that game, but I think it's going to happen at some point with Trey Lance. I would not draft him too high. I think you'd take him where he is, but I think he's still a very good value pick if you get him in the 10th round. So that's something you have to keep in mind. He's not guaranteed to start, but if you take him in the early double-digit rounds, Trey Lance is a good value. If you inflate his value 
there to the seventh or eighth round and you take him as a starter when he may not even start for his own team out of the gate, that's questionable. But my advice for Trey Lance is get him as a value pick as a high-end quarterback. If you get one of these back-end quarterbacks, you're hedging your bets a little bit. I want to have options as many as possible here, not just for a potential platoon and a streaming back-and-forth kind of situation, but have multiple ones where you think one can emerge as an elite player where you can start them every week and get a very high floor as well as a high ceiling, and uh, Trey Lance is one of those players. That makes Justin Fields an even better value at 145 because he's going to start, unless there's a disaster here. The Bears do have playoff aspirations. They were a playoff team last year. I think the 49ers do too. So that's the complication here is how do they balance that out? Veteran that they trust in the offensive system. Garoppolo has been around with Kyle Shanahan. Here, Andy Dalton does have a history with Bill Lazor in Chicago. So Fields, however, great preseason debut. The talent is there. He can also add a rushing element, which can help him escape the offensive line issues and also help complement David Montgomery. Fields is going to get the ball a lot to Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, throw it downfield. I think he's just a better talent all around and gives you that rushing element that Andy Dalton cannot offer in this offense. So Fields is just too talented to keep off the field here for the Bears. So I think if you were going to bet, it's easy to think that Fields is going to be on field starting faster than Lance. It could be as early as week one where I don't get that vibe necessarily from Trey Lance, but that makes Fields a very good value. Don't forget, you want somebody who's going to start. I think if you know that from Matt Nagy that he's going to start, I think you'd see Fields' ADP rise pretty quickly, so he wouldn't be the same value. But still, if you can get him outside of the QB1s, I think that's a really good value knowing that he's starting. So something to watch with Lance and Fields, but you know, Fields is still a little bit better value around and a pick later than Trey Lance at this point. Finally, the last quarterback we'll talk about before we uh, take our first break here. Zach Wilson of the Jets. This is your deep sleeper as a QB2. He's at 193, 200 is his ranking. So way down there, he's like QB20. I don't think he's going to be a QB20. I think there's too much there with the Jets. That offense is very quarterback friendly with Robert Sala. And having Mike LaFleur there from the 49ers, that influence here. So you're going to get a pretty good QB2 from Zach Wilson, I think. And another guy with upside that could turn into a QB1. So good stash there. Good underrated weapons. Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, that was encouraging to see Zach Wilson in this first preseason game. I just like the weapons. I think the Jets are also going to throw quite a bit. Their defense has got some issues. The running game, I think they'll find some answers here with Michael Carter, the rookie, probably leading them there. But... I think there's a lot of hype over Carter, but don't sleep on Wilson getting you some good value here, especially if Elijah Moore and Jamison Crowder are both there to stay healthy. you got a slot option. Cole can go inside-outside on you. Davis is a classic number one here. You might have Denzel Mims reemerge as a big play threat. He hasn't fit in this offense yet, but some depth there, some depth at tight end. Wilson has some running ability, and again, I think he's going to get better as we see in live games. So I I think Zach Wilson will easily finish inside the top 20 here with his scoring. And again, people are paying a lot for uh, Trevor Lawrence. I want to get these values here, these other uh, first-round quarterbacks. I'm not targeting Mac Jones, but certainly with Lance, Fields, and Wilson, I feel confident that if you target one or two of these guys later, that one is going to break out big time to produce for you in fantasy football. All right, so there's a look at the quarterbacks we will use half point ppr for our way to analyze our running backs wide receivers and tight ends we'll do that in our final couple segments but i do have to remind you there about bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action bet online 
We know it's the second half here. Baseball is near the end, but NFL is just getting started with preseason games, and you've got the futures and props bets. You can look at the win totals and all that. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NFL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch or kickoff, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams continue their run to the MLB postseason, start their runs in the NFL preseason. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCK on there. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to look at my fantasy football value board. Sleepers you need to target to, to steal in your draft there with the running backs. All right, let's continue the show here, and we'll focus on running backs. Now, I'm going to start high on the list when we break down running backs. And again, we're using half-point PPR to split the difference here between full PPR and standard leagues. It looks like half-point is more the default way the industry is going. That's how it is on Yahoo standard scoring for the most part. So we're using half-point PPR, and we've done that throughout here if you've been listening to the show. But if you haven't, uh, that's how we break it down for you. No nonsense to the point fantasy football analysis and Antonio Gibson I am going to be extremely serious about him, where I think he could be a league winner, and he's a guy going 17th overall in a lot of drafts. I think this guy is easily, easily a high-end running back one. Everything is there. He's in an offense with Scott Turner. He wants to be in the Christian McCaffrey role. There's not a lot of competition there. I'm not going to get worried about Peyton Barber and J.D. McKissick really cutting in to Gibson's role that much. They want to use him more as a receiver. You look at the big three there evolving. We thought Curtis Samuel could cut into this, but I really the big three to me in Washington, I think you have a quarterback there in Ryan Fitzpatrick who facilitates his young playmakers, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson. These are one of the best triplets in the league. Gibson, we've seen him. We know his offensive potential. He's a very smooth runner, very gifted receiver. Memphis, the talent is all there. So the, the touches are going to be awesome for Antonio Gibson. I trust him more to some degree than Ezekiel Elliott in the same division. I just think Gibson is going to have a bigger passing role dedicated there. I think he could catch 60 balls there. Ian Washington scored double-digit touchdowns, break uh, 1,500 yards from scrimmage. All this would not surprise me there from Antonio Gibson. So criminally underdrafted here. I mean, I'm going to target Antonio Gibson in all my drafts here. I don't think it's a secret now in the fantasy football industry, but it's still not totally cemented there. Now, there's a little bit of debate over the next one as we drop to ADP 48. So we're looking at the end of fourth round pick here in Miles Gaskin of the Dolphins. Now, this was written before the preseason game. I'm still not too worried there the way they ran people out, Malcolm Brown, Salvan Ahmed, but... To me, the Dolphins are going to be very careful with their lead back here. They've hinted again it's going to be a committee, but we know what this team did last year with the Jordan Howard-Matt Breida situation. Remember, it wasn't Howard or Breida, and then went to Gaskin. Now everyone is worried about Malcolm Brown and Salvin Ahmed. Ahmed is a pretty good runner, we get it, but they went back to Gaskin immediately. When Ahmed uh, was the guy filling in for a while, he could have kept that role, but when Gaskin returned, they went back to Gaskin. So they like Miles Gaskin a lot. Do not discount the fact that Eric Studesville is the co-offense coordinator with George Godsey here. So he's a running backs coach. He's seen Gaskin grow up a little bit. 
And if Gaskin was the guy last year and they see Malcolm Brown as a little bit better swing backup than Salvin Ahmed, that's where they're going. So be careful here. Again, I'm not going to overdraft Gaskin. At this point, fourth round is okay. His value is dropping probably even more because of concerns over Brown and Ahmed. But again, we see the Dolphins pull a rope-a-dope with their backfield before, and I think they're doing it again. They like Gaskin, so that I'm reading into the coaching staff a little bit more. There's an overreaction, I think, in the industry looking at the usage here. But Gaskin, sure, could he disappoint? Make sure you hedge your bets and you're not putting everything with Gaskin the way that I would do with Gibson as an RB1. I wouldn't give Gaskin the same treatment as an RB2, but as his value goes down and you can get him a little later, that makes him a more appealing pick here with that concern. So let's hope his value does get pushed down a little bit so that makes him a more comfortable pick maybe in the fifth or even sixth round in fantasy football drafts. The next running back I'll talk about is Travis Etienne of the Jaguars. He's 62, so right outside the fifth round is his ADP. It's changing a little bit after that first preseason game. Just got a touch there in a series with Trevor Lawrence, his college quarterback at Clemson, another first-round pick. He's ranking as 52, so the industry has him a little bit higher. We're looking at James Robinson. I know they're going to try to get him in the mix as the early down back and all that, but Etienne is going to be on the field a lot. Again, they're going to throw a lot of shorter passes with Trevor Lawrence. I think that's what you're going to see. Etienne is just a better, more talented back. I would not go and try to get James Robinson. I want the upside. I always go for the upside. It's strange because Robinson's an undrafted second-year player. He's still young, has a lot of upside. But Etienne, to me, with his usage, could he have an Alvin Kamara-like rookie season? Absolutely. He could catch 80 balls, and it would not surprise me playing off the receivers. Someone in there is going to disappoint. I think it's probably going to be Levisca Cheneau with DJ Chark and Marvin Jones maybe being the key targets. Cheneau being a younger player. I think a lot of those short screen passes and things like that are going to Etienne. So Etienne, I think at some point, James Robinson maybe overworked a little bit as a rookie, could slow down, could see more touches for Etienne. So it's between the Kamara and McCaffrey role that's developing here for Etienne. But again, I like him a lot better. I'm going to take him over James Robinson just for the upside and the usage. First round, shiny pick here. They're, you have to follow the money sometimes and uh, follow the drafting, and that's where the Jaguars went with their new coaching staff with Urban Meyer, Daryl Bevel leading the way. Mike Davis is a pretty good value pick right now. They've tried to sell different backs here. We talked about JV and Hawkins, but Kadri Olsen right now is the number two in Atlanta, and keep in mind, Arthur Smith used more 12 personnel than any other offensive coordinator. He'll be calling the plays here with Dave Ragone. There is his OC in Atlanta, so a lot of running game. they got to reestablish that here. Kyle Pitts is underrated as a blocker, so you have him. I think the offensive line overall can be better at run blocking here for Arthur Smith. They'll use some 12 personnel again with Pitts and Hayden Hurst in there. So Mike Davis, again, has had a good career as a kind of super sub, has bounced around, but I think he established himself a little bit more here as the main ball carrier. And keep in mind, the Falcons were very careful with their starters, didn't play a lot. Davis didn't see anything close to the field. So that says they were going to give him a big role coming over from the Panthers. And he did show with his limited wear and tear over the years that he can't handle a bigger role this stage in his career. He did that with the Panthers and McCaffrey. Now Chase Edmonds is kind of in that uh, Miles Gaskin mode where everyone's worried about the other back in this situation with James Conner. But at, at this point, he's going in the fifth, sixth round in ADP around 70, so if you can get him in the 7th round, Chase Edmonds is a very good value, because again, 
Cliff Kingsbury likes Chase Edmonds. James Conner, you absolutely cannot trust to stay healthy in this offense. They're going to spread it around, throw short passes. Edmonds has proved to be a very good back in the spread attack for Cliff Kingsbury playing off Kyler Murray. So, James Conner, just don't worry about Conner. I mean, you just can't trust Conner to be healthy. So, he's going as RB26 at the highest, RB30 for Chase Edmonds. I mean, this guy could be very valuable as an RB2. He's going as a flex because people are worried about Conner. But again, Edmonds has the track record in this offense. Connor was a body they needed as they moved on from Kenyon Drake here. So, yeah, Chase Edmonds is a very good value here. If he's a little bit higher, you're taking him as an RB2, that's a different story. But if you're waiting and you're taking him as a flex, a guy that can pad your running back depth, yeah, Chase Edmonds makes a lot of sense, just like Miles Gaskin taking him a little bit later as well. Daryl Henderson, we should continue to see his ADP rise. We're actually happy that Daryl Henderson is not being played in the preseason by the Rams. So, that's going to keep his value intact. They're looking at Xavier Jones there. You're looking at uh, Jake Funk right now in the preseason for the Rams. But Daryl Henderson's going to be the man. They didn't go out and get a veteran for a reason. Todd Gurley, they didn't get uh, Malcolm Brown back, so they don't, can't fall back on him. He's in Miami. They haven't looked at other alternatives. They could have went after Devonta Freeman. They didn't do that. So Daryl Henderson going to get some key touches here. I think people are hesitant because he's young back that hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's the one who opened the door for Cam Akers. He's been touted before. So that's what happens, right? Russell Wilson has burned us before in different ways. Daryl Henderson has burned us even before he got going as an NFL player. So Daryl Henderson, certainly we're looking at uh, some concerns about uh, what he can do with, with his durability, but Put those aside. This is going to be a team that's going to be an explosive offense. Stafford's going to open up the running game a little bit. Henderson is going to get most of the touches there, follow the touches. And there's a lot of talent there as well with Henderson being fully healthy. Michael Carter had a cup of coffee there with the Jets' debut when Wilson started there in the preseason week one against the Giants. But Carter's a guy that fits perfectly in this offense. He's kind of like the Trey Sermon of this offense. Very similar zone blocking scheme here. Michael Floor coming from Kyle Shanahan. So Michael Carter still have a lot of faith in. And right now he's going super cheap. Seventh round pick. That's amazing for a guy that could be key touches equivalent to an RB2 or reliable flex. Speaking of Trey Sermon, he's going inside the top 100. But the industry, another player that they're ranking him in the 70s right now. That's where I like Trey Sermon as well. I want upside, upside, upside. I'm not going to go to Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson Jr., Again, Mostert is not going to stay healthy. We know in the situation with the Jets, Tevin Coleman's not going to stay healthy. Sermon looked excellent, by the way. Caught up in the Trey Lance hype. There, Sermon looked the best there. He was pretty consistent with his limited workload in the preseason opener against the Chiefs. So, something you look at Trey Sermon and Michael Carter. I'm a big rookie guy at running back. I want to get the guys that are pretty solid here that are in good systems. And you certainly get that very similar you could argue identical systems there for Carter and Sermon as rookies. Gus Edwards, the Gus bus, look, he's not going to be a receiver for you. J.K. Dobbins can handle a lot of that, and that's why I like J.K. Dobbins as a value pick right up there with Antonio Gibson. But Edwards is not going to go anywhere. This is a run-heavy offense. I know they've added some more receivers there, but Rashad Bateman hurting early. They're not going to deviate too much from what works here with Greg Roman. So that's why I'm very wary of investing too much in any of the Ravens receivers here this year, including Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins, but Gus Edwards is going to be a big part of what they do. Remember, there's no Mark Ingram to steal touches. Justice Hill is not going to see anything. Edwards is going to get all the touches behind J.K. Dobbins, the power touches, the chances for touchdowns. He's very efficient. He's going to have high yards per carry, so he doesn't need a lot of work 
to have some fantasy football relevance as a flex. But 109, yeah, you'll take him there for a flex. A little bit better for standard leagues because you don't uh, reward other backs as much for their receiving. But Edwards still very valuable. I like him on all my teams as a potential flex there. He's almost a poster child for flex. So is Latavius Murray you can look at. Now, there's been talk about Devonta Freeman displacing Latavius Murray. That would be ridiculous to me. They need the running game a lot, and Murray's been awesome for them, really. Whenever they need a breather for Alvin Kamara, he's come through. Whenever they've had tough road games, whether it's indoors or outdoors, getting in the elements, Latavius Murray's been valuable there as well. And a little bit different than Kamara. He's more of a straight-ahead, bigger power back here. He does have some catching ability, but a little bit different than Kamara. Can keep Kamara fresh. Knows this offense through and through. Devonta Freeman, I get it. There's some connection with uh, Fontenot, the GM, there with Atlanta. But no, Latavius Murray, I think, will still make the team. I know they could get some salary cap value, but I love him as an RB3. Their potential flex player versus an RB4. They're going to lean a lot in the running game, whether it's Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. The running game is going to be very important to the Saints. They don't have a lot of reliable receiving there. We know that without Michael Thomas. They have very good offensive line. Kamara Murray could be a good one-two punch here for sure in 2021. So, there you have it. Those are the value picks and running backs. That's a lot. We need to get to the wide receivers and uh, tight ends in our final two segments. Before we do that, I've got to tell you that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business, so it feels good. And they serve do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need at rockauto.com. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Check it out. Uh, you can save 30, 50, even 100% there. Why spend that at a chain store or car dealership when Rock Auto's got you covered online? Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Again, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can find them at rockauto.com. I also have to tell you about a very exciting fantasy football opportunity here that you have to check out. You know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose. Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Here's Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. So you got to check it out. Uh, I just like it that I know what I'm going against. It's kind of having an over-under there to know what you're aiming for. That's always helpful in fantasy football. You're in total control. Stat Hero's DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. That's right. They're giving you a 300% match that's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. 
All right, uh, we'll continue here looking at the wide receiver value picks here for uh, the board all across, and uh, we'll go to uh, another high-ranking player here in Calvin Ridley. His average draft position is 21, and that's pretty good, and he's going there in the second round, but I think he has a chance to be the highest-scoring fantasy football wide receiver. There's no doubt about it. I think Devontae Adams obviously has the strongest case, but Tyreek Hill... A little big play dependent. Stephon Diggs, more volume dependent. Ridley, I think, has everything. He's got the volume. He's got the catches. He's got the offensive situation where he's clearly the number one target there. Kyle Pitts going to be number two, but there's no Julio Jones there anymore. So Calvin Ridley, I, again, he could be the top scorer. I think he should be going ahead of Diggs. I think there's an argument that he should be going ahead of Hill. So I think you're looking at 100-plus catches, 10 TDs, around 1,500 yards. That would uh, scream wide receiver one overall and then potentially push uh, Devontae Adams there for sure. So Calvin Ridley, good value there for now. And yeah, he he's going to give you great return on investment. He's at least going to pay off big time as the wide receiver five on the board if he's going behind DeAndre Hopkins. The next player is Allen Robinson. I don't get this one with Allen Robinson. He was a clear wide receiver one last year. He was the last one on the board, really, wide receiver 12, and that's pretty elite here. And That was with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. Now you have Andy Dalton, an upgrade over both of those guys, by the way, and Justin Fields. So this is a good combination. There's good baseline, good upside here. You also have Darnell Mooney there that can attract more attention. And, again, they don't have a lot behind uh, – Robinson and Darnell Mooney have Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham at tight end, but right now you don't have any third receiver you can trust with Anthony Miller gone. Is Riley Ridley going to step up there, the brother of Calvin? I don't think so. So, Allen Robinson, he's also looking for a deal with his next team. We know he went from Jacksonville to Chicago and cashed in free agency. Looking for one more big contract, whether it's with the Bears or someone else. Maybe the connection with the... Justin Fields can help Robinson uh, produce to the level of maybe getting a contract from Chicago there in 2022. But there's certainly motivation. I don't get the drop for Allen Robinson when the quarterback situation, however you look at it, is an upgrade here. So again, Calvin Ridley, maybe the top wide receiver on the board that's going around five or six. Allen Robinson going uh, there outside the wide receiver one range makes no sense to me either. Robert Woods, I think he's going to be a good value here. He's just going in the early fifth round in a lot of drafts here. Cooper Cup was the go-to guy for Jared Goff. We know they had a great chemistry, but Robert Woods was producing big time as well, and I think with Matthew Stafford, you have a chance for 90 catches, 1,200 yards, and uh, he's not had double-digit TDs in a career. That could change here very quickly. Stafford likes to throw to players like him. Alpha is outside. Robert Woods is certainly that player, so very good spot here for Robert Woods. He's going 36 overall, so really uh, the ranking says he should be going third round. He's going in the fifth round. I think uh, that's uh, a little bit uh, undervalued for sure with Robert Woods. So take advantage of the situation, the quarterback upgrade, and Stafford and Woods is going to be very special, I think, this year for sure. And I think his value is going to stay the same here, not uh, knowing the quarterback situation. Jamar Chase is next. Look, I've touted Jamar Chase several times on the show. He should be a wide receiver too. I'm tired of seeing Teagans go ahead of him. No, it's Jamar Chase. I mean, I get it. We haven't seen the Burrow-Chase connection in action. Sometimes you want that, to have the value picks, where if there's some preseason buzz about players, then their value goes up. Chase's value is certainly going up. He's still looked at as a fifth-round pick here, and right around his ranking, but I am excited about him for sure. I think he can finish in the top 24 at wide receiver, not the top 36. Here, Chase should be going out of Higgins. 
Higgins in the middle, I think he's not the best value. Chase and Boyd. I think Boyd is going to be underrated working out of the slot. Chase is going to be the dominant number one. So not interested in Higgins. Get the value. Even maybe reach a little bit to get Jamar Chase. You'll get the return there. Tyler Boyd, I think, is a little bit of a sleeper. Wide receiver three here. And Justin Jefferson, his old teammate at LCU, was wide receiver six for a low-volume Vikings passing game last year. This is going to be a high-volume passing game for the Bengals. I know there's a couple more mouths to feed, but not that much different in the Jefferson-Thielen situation in Minnesota. So Jamar Chase, love him here. Get him into all your leagues. Deontay Johnson, again, he's not the flash guy. Everyone's looking at Chase Claypool. They know Juju Smith-Schuster. But Deontay Johnson, this is a short to immediate passing team. They're going to do a lot of that. You don't trust Ben Roethlisberger in the big arm. Deontay Johnson, smooth route runner, has great hands. He's in that Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders style of receiver that the Steelers have liked over the years. So Deontay Johnson right now, ADP is 63, so right outside the fifth round. The industry has him ranked as a fourth rounder at 48. So something to keep in mind, half point PPR, Deontay Johnson is going to be busy here as the Steelers default number one receiver. At... uh, our next guy, we have DJ Chark. The Chark attack is real here. He's going in the seventh round. This guy has a chance to also finish as a solid wide receiver, too. I know people were on Marvin Jones because that was the guy that Trevor Lawrence was throwing to quite a bit. He also had some shorter passes to LaVisca Cheneau in that preseason debut against the Browns. But we also know Chark is dealing with a finger injury. He's not going to be out there probably till week one. That might hurt a little bit with Lawrence and Chark having some chemistry, but they've had other parts of the offseason to work on that before. Remember, Chark produced big time with Gardner Minshew. So Lawrence is going to help Chark really produce here. So very undervalued here. And again, people can be on Marvin Jones, but I think Chark is just a better overall talent to finish as the number one. Jerry Judy is a good value here. I think people are looking at Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton, and they're also avoiding this Broncos situation because of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. But I think Judy's the guy that can be involved well for either Sutton is kind of independent of that because he's a big target that can get up and get it everywhere, but Judy can line up outside or inside for this team, short to intermediate. You'd think that's the way they would go with Locke and Bridgewater. So Judy is very talented. Don't forget about that. Judy and Henry Ruggs. Ruggs is a little bit more speed dependent, big play dependent, doesn't play in the best friendliest offense. Judy is just a great route runner here overall. So we're hoping for Teddy Bridgewater winning the job. Right now it might be Locke's favor. Locke and Judy didn't connect, so rooting for Teddy Bridgewater, he's a much better value if it's Teddy and Judy versus Locke and Judy. The next value is Antonio Brown. He's going at 102. His ranking is 105, so right lines up there, but keep in mind, this would have been his numbers over a full year last year in Tampa Bay. 90 catches, 966, 8 TDs, so look, there's been a lot of talk of Gio Bernard in the backfield and the way these tight ends are going to play, but Bruce Arians loves the 11 personnel. He loves three wide receivers. We've seen in the past with different uh, groups of targets here for Arians in his career. So Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown are the guys he wants out most there. And the tight end can be a little bit interchangeable. Has some versatility there with the sets you could have with O.J. Howard, Robert Gronkowski, and Cameron Brait. But these guys are going to be on the field often. Tom Brady's going to operate with them. So you see it? Tom Brady did tailor the offense a little bit more to his needs, but then Brown came along and kind of changed the way the Buccaneers could approach it with three receivers. They're very deep at wide receiver. They need to use their 11 personnel. They got Jalen Darden now as well with Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. So that tells you they want to be that three receiver, wide receiver team for the most part. And that's what you're going to get with Antonio Brown. Now Jalen Waddle is a good value right now as people are not looking at him. 104 in ADP. His ranking is 133. I think he's going to end up being the Dolphins' most valuable receiver with Tio Tagovola that... Uh, 
kind of chemistry that developed there at Alabama. That's not going to be forgotten. Devontae Parker is a guy you can't trust to stay healthy. Him and the Tua didn't really have the best connection. Will Fuller suspended for week one. He's already always a durability risk. So Waddle, I think, is going to hold up in pretty good value. So I love Jamar Chase. They're very high as a wide receiver, too. I think Jalen Waddle is a nice sleeper here as a wide receiver. Three potential, but a wide receiver four value at this point. Michael Gallup, don't forget about him. They're going to interchangeably line up all these receivers in Dallas. That's what they've said. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, inside, outside. They're going to have a lot of versatility. That's why we love Dak Prescott. Hopefully his shoulder tests out and he can stay healthy and come back well from that ankle injury. He was averaging the most points. So Gallup, again, is going to benefit a lot from Prescott. Going to benefit a lot from Lamb and Cooper seeing a lot of attention. Forget like Blake Jarwin and Tony Pollard and someone else getting involved in the passing game. You don't need them when you have receivers like Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup. So I would say, much like the Bengals situation with Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, all these three guys are going to be highly involved in this offense. Corey Davis is a good value. He's going outside of the 10th round. I mean, Corey Davis did show great chemistry with Zach Wilson, so good value there for sure. And he should be going more as a potential wide receiver three because he did finish as wide receiver 31 as the second fiddle in the Titans passing game last year. He's going to be the alpha here for Wilson. Nelson Aguilar is going at 190. He's the last wide receiver we'll talk about. Again, he's been polarizing, but he was very good last year. Wide receiver 29 with the Raiders last year, and I get it. It's a different situation. Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne are there, but Aguilar is the most reliable veteran route runner of the three. He has some inside ability as well, outside inside. You're going to see a lot of uh, two tight end sets, I think, with Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith. I figure Aguilar is going to be on the field most consistently here for the Patriots. So, a little bit of a dark throw late, but good value there. Just inside the 200s there, 190. His ranking is around 150 by the industry, so that tells you he's a good value right there. Let's quickly run down our tight end sleeper steals to watch. Yeah, a little bit longer show today, but we wanted to get you to all these guys that we had on our list to, to help you with your draft plan. So if, if you missed anything with our ranking updates and all that, preseason takeaways, our bus list, uh, that's all up there as well. You can check out on Locked on Fantasy Football Archives. Let's finish up this show looking at the tight ends. TJ Hawkinson's ADP is outside of the fifth round. He's dropped down a little bit, maybe because of the situation over the Lions. Uh, you look outside, however, when you get to tight end, there's a chance TJ Hawkinson could finish in the top three. It would not surprise me at all. He's clearly their top receiver, and that's the Darren Waller type situation. Travis Kelsey is 1A, 1B there, so that's why Kelsey and Waller are pretty much 1-2. George Kittle they're right there with Brandon Ayuk being the top targets for San Francisco. Hawkinson's going to be easily the top target. You have no reliability in that receiving core. Totally remixed here. It's going to be Hawkinson. A lot of dump-offs to DeAndre Swift. Jared Goff is going to connect well with TJ Hawkinson. So, two tight end four, tight end six. But, again, he could finish number two. It would not surprise me. Hawkinson's going to be solid. So is Dallas Goddard a little bit later. He's going around 97. His ranking, however, is 81. So, tight end seven. I get it. People were worried about Zach Ertz still be there. I think if Ertz wasn't there, Goddard would be up. But clearly great chemistry with Jalen Hurts. And we saw that in the first preseason game. Devonta Smith is hurting. Jalen Rieger is fighting through some of his own issues to be consistent. Quez Watkins is more of a deep threat there. Probably going to make the team as the third receiver here. So, But Goddard, clearly there's a chemistry between him and Hurts. We saw some of it last year. Uh, definitely develop. And he's just a guy that can get open. Big target, can move around. And we saw the nice throw and connection here. So Goddard, I think, would not surprise me if he's the go-to guy 
there. While Devonta Smith gets healthy, gets settled into the NFL, and Jalen Rieger uh, kind of establishes himself more as that deep threat big play guy from time to time. Noah Fant's a pretty good value. Again, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, you would think short to intermediate with either Locke or Bridgewater is going to be busy. Noah Fant is a very good value at this point, a guy that I would target. And again, he's a first-round talent, just like Hawkinson. They're going to get him the ball for sure. Tyler Higby, his value is going up slightly here, but so far it's an ADP of 136. His ranking is 100, so very good value there. Fant was at 82 in ranking, 111 in ADP. So, again, tight ends a bit undervalued, but again, this is very important. Keep tight ends in mind through every round of your draft, essentially. Once you get past the first few elite picks, you're thinking of Kelsey, Waller, Kittle going down the line. You always have to look at what the tight end value is. It's not that draft early, draft late, and that was in our draft plan, so you can check that out there. So always think about the tight end because there's some good values all across the board. Tyler Higby flying solo without Gerald Everett. He could be a key third target here again. Figure out Jefferson and Jackson behind uh, Woods and Cup there, but Higby again has a chance to do it big time here with uh, Matthew Stafford. Irv Smith, be careful with Irv Smith. Again, the Vikings are not a very high-volume passing team, but there's no option of Kyle Rudolph here. Tyler Conklin is there in the mix a little bit, but clearly the third option when they go to the passing game, well, really the fourth when you look at Dalvin Cook getting some passes out of the backfield, but it's Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson for Kirk Cousins, Irv Smith. They're too talented there as a blocker and sneaky good receiver when uh, Rudolph was down last year. Again, I don't think he's going to be a consistent every week play, but someone that certainly has a lot of upside as an early tight end too. And finally, Adam Troutman remains a big-time sleeper here for the t- Saints. Marcus Callaway could be their leading receiver. That's disappointing. Again, <laughs> with Michael Thomas. Callaway's a good deep threat, however. So you have to check him out. Alvin Kamara on the backfield kept catching a lot of passes. But Troutman clearly the number one. They were moving on from Jared Cook and Josh Hill because of Troutman. They traded up to get Troutman. Let's uh, peel back the hype a little bit, but as a tight end two with some tight end one upside that you can get later in the draft, certainly we're touting Adam Troutman as a target here. So there's essentially the sleepers that you should uh, highlight and uh, go after at different points in your draft that are going to be great values for you when you're looking for them there. Once you've assembled your other studs that make sense, that align with their regular rankings, these are the guys that you can steal all across the positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Just like this show, you can get it Locked on Fantasy Football anywhere. This has been Vinny Iyer for Locked on Fantasy Football. Don't forget about Locked on Fantasy Football Live coming up on Wednesday night, so check that out here. A lot of good stuff here as we talk sleepers and value picks for 2021. Until next time, this has been Mini Hour for LOFF. Check it out as we continue breaking down everything you need to know to dominate your 2021 NFL fantasy football drafts.